All right. We got a Nick Swisher interview coming up. There's no intro because you open a Zoom with Nick Swisher. You just start rapid fire talking about the Yankees, and then you never stop until you stop, and then you catch your breath, and you're like, damn, that was a lot of fun. So here is our conversation with Nick Swisher. Where, where are you? Tampa. Tampa, Florida, boys. Okay. Which all is right. nice. I uh, just left the complex earlier today. We got all of our young studs in town right now, which is great. Uh, the offseason such a good time, man, to especially see uh, a lot of our youngsters really kind of growing, uh, not only, uh, you know, physically, uh, but the maturation process has been amazing. And just to kind of see them grow, man, can't wait to get them up to the Bronx, even though I feel like we're filling in a lot of those spots. Uh, I feel like we got a lot of kids in the wings uh, that are waiting for their opportunity. Well, who are you? Who are you with? Are you with just all, all everyone, pitchers, infielders, outfielders, or are you? Yeah. Cash calls me a Swiss Army knife. Okay, right? I like that. <laughs> just kind of, hey, at the end of the day, I report back to Cash and Hal, uh, and it's amazing, right? I feel like uh, it's my fifth season doing this. Could not be more blessed to be part of the best organization on the planet, and as well, kind of to have a, a carte blanche sort of uh, atmosphere to last couple of years has really been dedicated to the player development side, which has been absolutely fantastic, man to be able to win two championships out of the five that we had this past year to see humongous prospects like Anthony Volpe kind of come up and turn into his own. Jason Dominguez really took some humongous steps moving forward. Uh, I mean, obviously I have my favorites. Uh, MLB has their favorites as well. Uh, so just to be able to see the growth that we have as an organization, it's hard, man. It's so much more competitive than it has been in the past. And every year it seems like people are trying to swipe our coaches as well as our players. So we have to do our best to try and reload ourselves every year because the New York Yankees, baby, hey, we just reload. We get ourselves ready for that next championship run. I remember reading about in 2016 – was that your first year with the Yankees as, as advisor in, in some role of the sort, 2016? Yep, 2016 was my first time. It was, uh, as, as soon as I retired, that was kind of right where Cash kind of brought me back in. Uh, he was like, hey, man, I need you back in the organization. Yeah, and I, it was by far one of the coolest phone calls I've ever uh, been so blessed to have. Uh, obviously, I got the first phone call saying, hey, we want you back as a New York Yankee, but you're going to have to go to AAA. That phone call wasn't nearly <laughs> as exciting, <laughs> but to be able to still be part of the, uh, the organization, still wear that patch on my chest, on my head, like family, man. I mean, it's, it's kind of like for you guys, you roll into the ballpark kind of feels like cheers. I know everyone from the moment I walk in for whether it's a, um, you know, people cleaning up the trash to, you know, people handing out food or, you know, the security guards or whatever, uh, you know, that's one of the places that I can call home and some place that I could not be more blessed uh, to be able to have in my life. And that 2016 year, I remember the story because Hokie wrote about it in, in his book of the uh, the baby bombers right. of you taking yes, that whole crew out to Denny's, I think. And yeah. and just talking about the expectations of the Bronx and dealing with the crowd and that maturation, pro, uh, you know, process. Are you doing are, do you enjoy doing that side or is or is it mostly that side or as well as like physical tools and, and baseball skills? Is it still both? Yeah, a lot, man. I mean, you know, <laughs> the game has changed a lot. I mean, ever since analytics have come into play, the way you coach is completely different than how I was raised. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you teach these kids through numbers. You teach these kids through uh, understanding where they are. Uh, now with the technology we have in the game, bro, it's unbelievable to see the things that you're able to see. 
now you can slow things down to a fraction of speed. So now it's very easy as me, as a mentor, as a coach to bring a young player in to be like, okay, this is what you think you're doing. This is what you're really doing. It's that difference between real and feel. And for someone like me to be able to utilize all these people, as well as all the technology we have at the end of the day, bro, my only goal is to bring back number 28. That's all I'm trying to do. That's all I want to do. I want another ring more than anybody. <laughs> and it's been a minute since we've gotten ourselves there. So any bit. part that I any part that I can do uh, to add to that process to be a sounding board for anybody, to be a phone call away from Aaron Boone or Brian Cashman, Hal Steinbrenner, any one of the coaches in the minor leagues, uh, as well as our players as well, man. I just try to be the best version of myself I can be uh, and try and add some juice and excitement and give these dudes no. maybe a little bit of a runway. Uh, maybe a little bit more of an understanding of what these young players are going to go up against. Uh, and I could not be more proud to be a unicorn in the sense to, I can take you to a little league baseball game and I can walk you right into a big league locker room as well. So to be able to know the game up and down uh, has really, really helped me out, especially in the, uh, the mentor world uh, as well as the coaching world. Juice and excitement. That doesn't seem your speed, man. <laughs> I mean, that's. But, I, but I'm like you guys, man. Like at the end of the day, I'm a fan. Like, uh, you know, like I, I live and die when we win or lose games. Uh, I think that's really kind of how it has to be. I mean, that's been a passion of mine. Uh, this logo that I have on my forehead right here changed my life around completely. In a time when I needed somebody more than ever, Brian Cashman, the New York Yankees, were that sounding board and were that place for me to lay my head uh, and gave me an opportunity to showcase my skills once again. Uh, and it ended up working out. I would do anything for this organization. Uh, and just to be able to be part of it, man, has been such a huge blessing for me. Yeah, I got, I got like Yankees goosebumps going, man. That's that's <laughs> badass, dude. <laughs> I mean, listen, man. I mean, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as, as what you guys are doing. You guys are trying to build the game. You're trying to build the Yankee fan base. That's what I'm trying to do well. And at the end of the day, if you want to build the fan base, you got to reach the youth. You got to get people excited about what we're doing. Yankee fans, it's born and bred. It's a generational thing. How do you? So uh, if you yeah, if you can reach these young kids moving forward, bro, it's absolutely fantastic. You say live and die with every game. This is a debate. I kind of, not a, a conversation I've had with um, Trevor Plouffe, who does our talking baseball show with sure. a player sure. and some other players. Uh, I think uh, uh, Reynolds, I had the conversation. No, no, it was Jimmy Rollins. I had the conversation with and saying that players you're taught even keel, you know, have the same energy when you win the same energy when you lose. So sometimes Players will look at fan bases, especially crazy fan bases like in Philly or in New York and be like, man, you guys lose your mind after everything. It's like, don't don't tell us how to be fans because an even keeled fan is just a dud of a person. <laughs> Why would you go and root for a team and not live and die with the result? So do, do you have that? Like, because CeCe once was uh, kind of saying, like, calm down to us. And I was like, hey, CeCe, if this was the Raiders, you'd be living and dying. <laughs> Yeah. You can't, CC. You can't say that, bro. <laughs> you know, you're so, so right, man. So you I mean, got. I think for myself, uh, obviously, I do not live on that even keel world. Uh, it's not my <laughs> swag. It's not my style. I'm not going to be anything other than myself. And I think it just really has to do with the type of individual you are, the type of personality you have. And so, for someone like me, you know, obviously, I have aspirations to be a manager later in life. Maybe when my daughters go off to college, and me and Joe, we're we're you know we're we're in the house by ourselves, and she's like, "Man, Nick, you really need to go do." 
something. We need to find a job for you. Uh, then maybe that's my time to shine at that moment. Now, there are some things that I have to do to get myself ready for that moment because you cannot be as emotional as I am now in the dugout. That obviously rubs off on your players yeah. and the whole nine. But the one thing that I have that I'm proud to say that I have is energy and passion and excitement. And that's just who I am. I can't do it any other way. So I'm definitely going to have to mold that perspective a little bit. But I think at the end of the day, man, my passion shines through. And hopefully that's how I can really, really gain our young kids and really reach them in a way that most people couldn't. And, and man, it's, it's, such, it's such an important part of, especially with like 162 and the magnitude of it. And dude, now that we're in the world of baseball, like when a West Coast trip is coming up, like we, we like you know, what's bury the hatch. Like we get ready. Like we're like this next week and a half is going to be tough. And well, with Tommy, a newborn, it sucks. Well, that's it. Uh, that's even tougher. But with Tommy Canely, Tommy Canely just came back with the Yanks. And I remember when he left, I mean, obviously you're missing that power arm out of the pen and the Bugs Bunny changeup. But a lot of the guys were like, you know, that kind of juice, like you and Tommy Canely kind of come from the, the same tree or whatever. And we've, we've been laughing recently, the game in Baltimore when he was just screaming from the bullpen, like you can't replicate that. And you need that to get through 162. And, uh, you know, I mean, this Yankees August, I know that's normally the dog days of summer, but I know it, this one had to be tougher than a, and then a lot of the others. And having well, that juice is so important. And, and, and you know what? I think the Yankees right now, not as much as they were in 08 when when you really needed to come and Burnett and and bring some hijinks. I do think this team needs some silliness or weirdness, and it was missing the last two years. That the they they had great, they were galvanized, they were a tight clubhouse. They were, but no one's doing the the toe night cam or Didi doing some silly shit or pieing after walk offs. Um, or even Gary Sanchez throwing the bubble gum. You had Nestor. It was all Nestor. He was he was carrying a whole load of hijinks and, while and, being an ace, and while being in person, <laughs> while and, being an all star right? and personality. <laughs> and um, you know that was a big role that you played in '09. Was just like loosening up the clubhouse. I remember people shitting on you or getting mad because you smiled and asked for the game ball after you pitched in the blowout. And man, when I was whatever, how old I was, maybe I was like, come on, swish, uh, but now I, now like you get it and you're like, dude, you need some levity. It's, it's a really important role. And I, you know, it was Nestor carrying the whole torch. It felt like this hundred percent. Well, I, I guess for myself, I, I always just kind of thought it could have been somebody else. Uh, big man upstairs could have chose somebody else to play 12 years, could have yeah. chose somebody else to be right field for the New York Yankees, but somehow it happened to be me. So why wouldn't I go out there and just enjoy every second of the game? Do you know that 0.05% of all athletes make it to the professional level? So if that's the case, and there's only 750 Major League Baseball players in the world, why the fuck would you not have the best time ever every time you took the field? It just made no sense to me because I always work, I work with a sports psychologist by the name of Dr. Foote, and he was absolutely fantastic. And he used to always tell me, you're never going to reach your full potential if you beat yourself up every day. Is there an E and at the end of T in foot? Yes. Okay. okay. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, you can't go yeah. to that guy. Yeah. You otherwise, Dr. Foote. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just think for myself, maybe it was just my personality and maybe it takes – uh, a little bit of time for people to understand exactly who I am, but I've been the I've been myself from the moment I was born, November twenty fifth, nineteen eighty, up until today. 
you know, when you can win over people like Michael K, I mean, eventually, bro, you feel like you're <laughs> going to try and win everybody over. So for myself, just to be able to be so blessed to be able to be part of this organization, to be able to have had the career that I've had and to be put back in a position where you can give back because as an athlete, when you're done, what, what more can you do? I can't play anymore. I'd love to say I could. I physically in my mind think I can, but my body says, well, I don't think so. Well, we do, you know have, I mean? we do have a request. You know, we have a blitz ball team. Jake and I need some help. We've, oh, uh, yeah. You know what? I've been watching those blitz balls. My guy, Aaron Bossy, played with you guys. Yeah. Dude, Bossy's the best. Back played as well, yep. which I thought was great. Yep. I mean, you have so many Yankees in there, bro. Yeah. Eventually, dude, yeah. your boy's going to have to show up at yeah. one point. Well, you know what I mean? We're trying to eventually put together a tournament where every team gets an ex-MLB player as a third teammate. Oh, that'd be sick. So, be sick. so <laughs> team baggage may need some yeah. help. We do have a height limit, yeah, though. Yeah, how tall? How what, tall? What's the, like, lie the other way? If you're not oh, wearing yeah, yeah, shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 5'10", boys. 5'10". Right. 5'10". We can under. make that work. We can make that work. We can yeah. make it work. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Don't stand up super yeah. straight. No spikes. Just kind of, like, lean yeah. over. No spikes. Yeah. No, sir. Yeah, otherwise, we're hunting down, like, Brock, Rollins, you know. <laughs> Pedroia. Pedroia. Yes. We got, you know, no talls on our team. It is amazing what you guys have done, man. You guys have made uh, just baseball so much more fun to pay attention to. Uh, I, I can't give you guys enough credit for what you guys have done. I remember when you guys first saw your first billboard over by Yankee hmm. Stadium and you guys about shit yourselves. <laughs> and I cool. thought it was so cool to see the overall joy on your faces because that's the type of joy you should have based around this game. It's not an easy thing to do. And branching back to what you were talking about with Nestor and bringing back Tommy Canely and guys like that. You got to remember, man, it's been 13 years since we've won a World Series. There is a whole lot of pressure on each one of those guys in that locker room. And sometimes when you're in that pressure cooker, it's sometimes hard to feel like you can let loose and to be yourself because you feel like you have so many things that you have to accomplish. The one thing that these guys need to remember is that these are our guys. These are our guys. Every time the pinstripes take the field, those are our guys. I don't care if you're with us for a day, a week, a season. Once a Yankee, always a Yankee. Most people need to remember that, but also, too, they can also say to themselves, hey, we can have a little fun as well as work, too, because as being around this team for as long as I have and watching the way Aaron Boone manages and has control of his team, these guys work their asses off. They work so hard each and every day. It's only a matter of time until we bust through and beat the Houston Astros and end up winning that World Series. I hope so. I, I, I it, it should happen. Last year was looking like it was going to be awesome, and then, and then it got got not awesome, and then it got a <laughs> hey, little you know what, awesome, it, it and then it got not awesome. Yeah. But you know, well, some, like, some I, I key should probably injuries, ask you guys but, this: What do you guys think about the new playoff format? Because winning your division and being one of the best teams in the league isn't always the best thing. Now, I, being able to have those five or six days off didn't seem like it helped any one of anyone, the seeds I, other than the Houston Astros. I'm not sold on it yet, um, but it's it's one year, so we'll see how it goes next year. But but yeah, it, it seemed like that wild card wasn't a burden to anyone. Like I don't know, it did. It seemed like a benefit almost. If you if you win it, it's a benefit, which wasn't right. the case with the one game wild card. It wasn't like if you won that one game wild card, you were you were like you hit a turbo speed boost into the next round. You met right. the next round at level playing ground where it felt like if you won two in a row or two two out of three, you were fucking going. That was a jump. Yeah, you that were going twenty jump. miles per hour now, and the other teams at zero. So, yeah. but it, it was one year, and and we'll see how it goes, but. 
I'm, I'm, the, glad, the, I'm glad the they D- try changes. The DS being five games, I, I think that's got to be the next one. I mean, I mean, we, you know, we're connected in the game now, and obviously more playoff games mean more money, and I, it feels like it's heading that way. And just five games in baseball is yeah, but then it's tough. more day games. That's what I that's what I really didn't like about the wild card. We went from starting the playoffs with two must-win game sevens. I know it sucks for the players, but for third-party fans, and that's who you need if you want money. You need need third-party fans to watch. Baseball, your regional fan is going to watch the games. You need a third-party fan. I tuned in for every game, game one of the one-game wild card. I mean, Padres, Mets, day game. I got stuff going on during the day. It's not a must-watch. And there was too many day game playoffs. No other sport has that. So there yeah. was, it was well, just, I mean, you know what it felt like to me is once the playoffs started coming around, it felt like kind of like a Saturday, Sunday football, right? Yes. That game starting at noon. And then you had the three 30 and then you had the late night game. And so for me, it's almost kind of like, okay, great, man. At least I have the whole day scheduled. I know exactly what games are going on. I know what I've got to get done. So if I need to record a game in the middle, to get myself ready, then maybe I could catch that late at the game. The cool thing about the MLB app is they'll shrink the games a little bit. And so if you miss out on the game, yeah. you can at least catch all those the condensed, all the, you know, those the condensed games. It, Not bad. Which is huge. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I, I want to ask uh, the young guys, Swish, like you, you have the connection to them. It's like what you're doing. And I, I, I guess where I want to jump first, because I mean, you could go so many ways with it. I want to go with my guy as Waldo, because he comes up. And you're like, all right, you know, we've, we've heard He's this. here. He's there. He's everybody. <laughs> Bro, that was so amazing. That, Jimmy, I think Jimmy gets the credit for that. I think you were first on that. <laughs> oh, I think I tweeted that yeah. when you played every game. Um, yeah. But yes. no, how, how can you tell? Because obviously he's, you know, he played infield in the minors. And, you know, you can probably tell if a guy can pick it at second, third, and short. He's in corner outfield at Yankee Stadium with both. I don't have to tell you, but, you know, it, and he's making great plays. Like, how can you tell a kid like that is going to be okay to stick in the outfield of Yankee Stadium? Or is it like, well, we think he can, and, and you're just going to find out real quick? I could have told you three years ago when I laid eyes on this kid, he was <laughs> going to play in the big leagues. I just knew it. If you're just around him, his overall presence, the way he is, the way he helps everybody, you should have seen him when he got banged up earlier in the year. And he came back and he was at the complex working with all of our young guys. It was unbelievable to see him put all that effort in. And the coolest thing that I, that I heard, the the coolest story that I heard was from Harrison Bader. And he told me a story about OC, right? And he was like, Oh, Hey, OC. Hey man, I see you're playing right field tonight. You know, I'll, I'll be in center. And OC was like, Oh yeah, that's my favorite position. And Bader's like, Oh, okay. All right, great. Well, I just want to make sure, you know, we're all good to go. You know, the signs, the whole nine, making sure everything's happened. Make a long story short, the game's about halfway through, and he comes to find out O.C.'s never played right field before (laughs) in his life. But that's the type of kid he is. Whatever position he is playing that day is his favorite position on the field. That's the type of guy that you need in that locker room. Switch hitter. By the way, this dude wasn't even on our radar two years ago until he had that monster year in double-A, really got himself prepared. The home run started going up. The confidence started going up. The bat flip started happening more and more often. That was when you knew the swag of Oswaldo Cabrera was on his way. He's amazing. He works his absolute tail off, and I could not be more proud of the success he's having. I mean, come on, man. For a guy that wasn't even on our prospect list to play in right field hitting third for the New York Yankees yeah. in the Bronx, that's pretty freaking special. Uh, he and also, for a guy like him to be there, man, I could not be more proud of him. And he also carried a little bit of that 
fun yeah. weight that uh, isn't guaranteed when you call up the young guys, but that's what they always say. Like, come on, call them up and give them a spark. Well, this kid goes, plays right field for the first time, brings a ball back, lands, <laughs> and flexes before his feet touch the ground with, <laughs> his, to with his tongue out. It's like, yeah. shit. All I'm right. thinking to myself, dude, I won a World Series with the Yankees, and I don't have any pictures that are nearly <laughs> as cool as that, bro. I mean, I don't even understand how that was possible. Nuts. Oh, well, hey, uh, speaking about the fans and the atmosphere, uh, there was so much talk this year, more than ever, with with Gallo yeah. and, and his quotes. And, and uh, I mean, Hicksy got in there a little bit, and then just the fans' reaction to booing Judge, which I was at that game. It's 10 fans screaming. It's 10 fans and 20 beat writers or 20 writers writing about it. Like, they're... It's, it's not as crazy as, as people want to make it out. But you, you, you got the wrath of Yankees fans at times. Oh, yeah. You were in those right field, uh, in that right field. What, how did you deal with that? How did you compartmentalize, like, they boo you, but they cheer you? Or, or how do you explain that to the young kids? Like, Comes along with the territory, boys. Yeah. You want to be a New York Yankee? That's just what it is. Because the fans in New York know the game of baseball through and through there's a runner on second base you move a runner over the place goes berserk because they understand what that means to the game hey listen if you're playing like shit you're going to get booed that's just kind of how it is right ask Derek Jeter ask Mariana Rivera ask Jorge Posada ask Andy Pettit all those dudes at one point or another have been booed in their Yankee career it's not a knock on you it's just it's an emotion it's something that comes out we are normally used to being number one and we're and when we're not number one as fans just like myself Hey, I want to see us play better. I want to see us. I want to see us be at the top of the division. I want to see us bringing home championships every year. I want to see us having that parade every year. Listen, I think it is what it is. And by the way, would you rather go to Kansas City and play in front of five thousand people that aren't booing you, or would you rather go to Yankee Stadium and play in front of fifty thousand people where there's a chance that they could boo you if you're not playing as well as you could be? Yeah, and then the cheers will be louder than the boos, and they'll be just as quick. And I always say. You don't just don't boo a guy as he walks up to the plate, you know, <laughs> yes, that, that's when I it mean, gets, listen. that's when it gets fucked up, but it's, it, you, it's reactionary. It's, it's in Kansas city. It's a groan. That's probably quiet. And, and in New York, it's just a boo. That's loud. It's just like, boo! I don't want to see that. I wanted the opposite. <laughs> totally. totally. I mean, listen, you know, uh, for myself, I've, I was able to play for five different organizations in my career. Uh, and the pressure is no, it's not even close. Being a New York Yankee is definitely up there at the top. And I think that's something you have to understand coming in. I mean, obviously, if there was a stat uh, that could tell you uh, how somebody adapts, uh, if you could quantify that number, that would be amazing. We would look for the most adaptable players that we could find. Because you're going to have to go through some struggles that you're going to have to go through in New York that you might not go through anywhere else. So for someone like me that went through all of that and loved every second of it. By the way, I would pay a million dollars to get booed right now by 50,000 people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think just at the end of the day, it's just the overall perspective you put on it. I think most people need to realize it's not a personal thing. It's just an in-the-moment sort of thing. Yeah, there's not uh, even names on the jersey. Not even names on the jersey. So at the end of the day, it's not necessarily booing you. It's just booing the fact that we're not where we want to be as an organization and as a fan base. And at the end of the day, man, fans pay their money. They pay for our salaries. If it wasn't for the fans, no way players would be making the money they're making now. No way Aaron Judge gets $40 million if we don't have 50,000 50, people in the stands on a nightly basis. So at the end of the day, it's sometimes hard to go through, but it is part of the deal. How, how, did, how did you personally and how do you tell the guys 
to deal with that pressure? Is it just take it on head on for you? Is it just, I'm guessing positivity a little bit. I remember <laughs> again, my experience at a different level, whenever, if there was a big at bat in a high school game, I would just tell myself like, I'm the hitter. I'm kind of supposed to get out. So if I yeah. do something here, I'm the man. Like I would kind of yeah. reverse psychology myself. So I guess what would you do? And what do you kind of relay to the guys? No, I tell the guys it sucks. It hurts but you got to be able to deal with it. And that's the one thing that you need to be able to deal with. I, I heard Derek Jeter, somebody asked him what you would tell uh, your younger self or what you would tell a young athlete uh, out there. And it was one of the best pieces of advice uh, that I could ever even think about. I use it so much now. I've learned, I use so much other things that man has taught me, bro. It's absolutely crazy. But he said, learn how to deal with failure early. Because the problem is if you don't know how to deal with failure on an everyday basis, I mean, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a job where if you fail seven out of 10 times, baby, we're celebrating. Yeah. We're going to the hall. We're Fred McGriff in it, bro. We're all over the place, you know? So I think just in general, it is something that you definitely need to be able to handle. It's not easy to do, but that's why there's only 750 big leaders right now. It's not an easy thing to do. And that's what makes being a professional athlete a very special thing to be able to accomplish. You grew up... Well, actually, you. Here's a trivia question: <laughs> Your dad and Aaron Boone's dad shared a dugout. Oh yeah, in one game. Do you know? Yep. Do you know that game, Jake? I do not. 1976 All Star Game. That's right, baby. That's pretty My cool. Pops number nine, Chicago Cubs, bro. Chicago Swish, baby. Knows the streets, knows the people. That's what he says all how the many, time. How many father son All Star combos are there? Oh, that is a good question, bro. I couldn't tell you. That's got to be a small I, list that you guys are part of. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple lists uh, that my father and I are on, and I could not be more proud to share that with him, was uh, both of us were first-round draft picks, which is amazing. Uh, to be able to do that is absolutely fantastic. And obviously, to be able to play in an all-star game, both of us played for Team USA. Uh, so literally, I just kind of felt, like fell right in my father's footsteps. Uh, whether I wanted to or not, that's exactly where I ended up. So to be able to accomplish the things we have, it's so nice to be able to sit back here on this side of things uh, and to be able to, to share that knowledge and to give that knowledge back and to do our best to help young players reach that pinnacle of where they want to be faster and quicker. Because nowadays, man, it's almost like you get to be 25, 26, 27 years old in the minor leagues. It's almost like that guy's old. He's too late. But then again, I'm seeing guys that are 30, 31 years old getting like eight, nine-year contracts yeah, yeah. these days, So, which is absolutely crazy. I mean, when I was 30 years old and I was going through my you know, free agency, getting five years was like a huge deal for a 30-year-old at that moment. Now they're saying to themselves, wow, guys are 30 years old. They're just now hitting their prime. They're just getting themselves ready. So for myself, man, I, I, I don't know how many father-son combinations in the All-Star game there was, but I would say it's probably – Maybe 15, 20, something around there. Around that there. would be my guess. There's some there's some big ones, but yeah, that's a, that's pretty awesome. Did you grow up when, because uh, he, he was done playing. Does your dad stay yep. around the game? Was he coaching or managing or around clubhouses or were you kind of removed from, you know, the pro level? Uh, like yeah, so my dad, dad played from 73 to 83, uh, retired when my brother was born in 83. I was born in 80. My father started coaching up again in 85 with the Cleveland Indians in A-ball. And so my first summer that I'll never forget, man, I was six years old in Waterloo, Iowa, bro. Mm. Wrapping up tape balls, dude. Like after the game, picking up all the aluminum cans because that's how I ended up buying my first mint was after the games, I would save up as many aluminum cans as I could and end up saving like $60 and got myself a Buddy Bell glove. I still have that glove to today. <laughs> so I'll never forget that. That's kind of the grassroots for myself. I grew up in, in the minor leagues, you know, 
with my dad, you know, obviously the manager sits in the very first seat. And so for myself, man, I was all over the place. I was riding up and down all over the buses, you know, like trying to find cool spots to go. And obviously, I mean, 1986, bro. I mean, that was so long ago. It was a lot different in 86 <laughs> than it is here in 2022. Uh, but I think for myself to be able to grow up in the minor leagues, it gave me a huge understanding of what talent really meant. And in my mind, talent meant nothing because I saw so many guys with talent fall on the wayside. And I knew that I never wanted to be that guy. And I guess maybe that's why my personality was what it was uh, because I saw the guys with the most talent I've ever seen in my life were so hard on themselves and they just never, ever made it. I mean, 50% of first round picks don't make it to the big leagues. That's absolutely insane. So to see where the competition level is in 2022, I want to do my best to be the best mentor, the best coach, uh, the, the best friend uh, that I can be. Because at the end of the day, boys, I try to consider myself, I'm Ted Lasso, dog. I'm going <laughs> to love on these dudes as much as possible because I've realized with this younger generation that if you have to have tough conversations with these kids, you better have that relationship locked and loaded and in place. Because if you don't, they'll just push you aside and move on to the next person. So for someone like me, I do my best to try and to build my relationships up with these young kids uh, and then do my best. Uh, if there needs to be a tough conversation to be had, uh, do my best to help out guys like Kevin Reese and Eric Schmidt, guys like that on our minor league side, Aaron Gershenfeld, who's absolutely fantastic. Maddie Tallarico. I mean, Joe Migliaccio, the, the list goes on and on. I mean, these are the guys that I want to help because I have no agenda. My agenda is to make things better each and every day. And that's what I try and do. That's not bad. Do you, uh, do you have to give the kids the elbow sometimes and show them the baseball reference and be like, you know, 245 homers in the bank? I mean, yeah, do, I, do, I, I, I jump in the cage, Jake, every now okay, and then. Just to let good. them know the old man still got it. Good. You know what I'm saying? Just to let them know I still got it. I may not see that. I may not let them see me in the cold tank afterwards, but I will <laughs> definitely let them see me in a batting cage. <laughs> good. Who, um, I, I guess, uh, uh, of the kids, I mean, everyone, everyone's on the Volpe train. And if, if you got sure. a good Volpe story, we'd obviously take it. But I, I guess who are, who are some of the names, like you mentioned as well to Cabrera, like in the minor leagues, you can be a quick riser. Like if you, you know, figure out sure. your swing and you're putting in the work, I feel like Chapar. Chaparro, am I saying that right? He's the name yes, that every, you are. like the way the way your eyes lit up, like that everyone's <laughs> talking about that dude. I guess who are who are some of the next? Everyone knows Volpe, Peraza and those guys I, I, at this point. I actually point. wrote a list here. Okay. So I, 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 like knew, I knew you guys were gonna ask me, so I just wanted to make sure that I was prepped and ready okay. to go. I was actually with Volpe on Saturday night at the match uh here in Tampa, right? With Tiger Woods nice. and Rory and Justin oh, that's and, right. and Jordan which was amazing. Uh, and for him to get a little pump on y'all's uh, uh, socials, I thought was great, man, for him to be able to be around that atmosphere. And it felt like a spring training type atmosphere, which was great. It was so chill. It was relaxed. Uh, but if you're looking for some names that Yankee fans can look forward to moving here in the future, uh, Ty Hardman is a name okay. that really comes to mind. Had an unbelievable Arizona Fall League this year. Austin Wells, one of our catchers. Yep. Josh Bro is another one as well. Elijah Dunham. Right fielder, right? I mean, ah, bro, we've, we've got a guy. Jacked, bro. We've got a guy that calls in and is like our Elijah Dunham like correspondent, and he's all in <laughs> on him. So we're all in on him. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, obviously, last year's first-round draft pick, Spencer Jones, obviously has the size. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. Will Warren is a right-handed pitcher. Great arm for us that I think people really need to pay attention to. Two years ago, first-round draft pick, Trey Sweeney, shortstop. Mm -hmm. He's a monster. His skills are getting better. He's getting bigger, faster, stronger, able to hit with a little more power, which I think is absolutely amazing. Center fielder, Brendan Lockridge, 
fast as they come. I mean, obviously, Harrison Bader is the man, no doubt about it. But Locke is absolutely fantastic. I think one thing Yankee fans really need to pay attention to is the amount of stolen bases our minor league system has had over the last couple of years. It is impressive. And that is because of Matty Tallarico. I mean, he is our base running coordinator. He, he He's a little bit of everything right now. But to see the way these cats train, we train like sprinters. We it, This is not something that you just show up, do your couple sprints, and you're good to go like we did back in the day. There is so much structure around that. And then we want to talk about some pitchers. I got Edgar Barclay, right, lefty. He's going to be nasty okay. here coming up. Johnny Brito, as well as Randy Vasquez. I'm telling you what, man, these are the guys that are on my list right now. Obviously, we have a tremendous list of guys that are working their way up the ladder. But to see the growth of these guys firsthand and to know what is on the inside, what is under the hood of these individuals, these kids are Yankees. They're winners, and I can't wait for them to get that opportunity. Obviously, the last couple of years, it's been sad to see a lot of our young, uh, talented players go. Obviously, a bunch of players went to the Texas Rangers, What you're doing their thing. You know, Josh Smith was one of those guys doing his thing. You know, Glenn Otto was over there as well. So I think for myself, man, listen, uh, I, I love these dudes. It's tough to see them leave. Uh, but I have realized over the last couple of years, the reason why we have an unbelievable minor league system is so we can do our best to have the best big league club we can. And at the end of the day, it all boils down to what's happening in the Bronx. I think, in my opinion, I could not be more proud of having Hal Steinbrenner as an owner. The way he handled the Aaron Judge stuff, the yeah. way he closed the deal. He is our Mariano Rivera this year. He deserves a lot of credit. And for all the fans out there, I don't want to hear no more of this booing. He has put the best product on the field each and every year, and the guys just haven't gotten it done. Also, Aaron Boone, another person, coming for his job. Are you kidding me? This cat has won over 100 games, oh, a 99 last year. Almost every season he has been a manager. This cat knows exactly what he's doing. The players love playing for him. So at the end of the day, let's show a little love to our front office and our coaching staff. These guys bust their ass each and every day. Their overall analytics division is absolutely fantastic. We've got so many people that are adding to what we're doing, and I think those guys deserve a whole lot more credit than they are getting. Uh, obviously, I feel like you got to point the finger somewhere, but if you're going to point the finger, don't point it at those individuals. Well, Hal's had a pretty good offseason, you know. And then, What do you mean? He's had a great offseason <laughs> every offseason, bro. Like, I you needed that one, though. Done. You needed that one because – Man, the brand is 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 out. Uh, you know what his what what the Yankees are like. I, that's that's what we were what we buy right. Like we buy, we're gonna win every year. That's yes, the sir. goal. So you you can't you can't you can't sell that and then get mad when people are like, "This isn't what I'm buying." Because that's yeah. why I people buy season tickets. That's why they buy the playoff packages. Why we buy the gear. It's why it's the the brand. So. It was a, you know, maybe we shouldn't have been nervous, but passing on some of the generational talents that we thought maybe could have come into the mix when they were young, you know, Harper here and he wanted to be here showing off at first base for the Yankees and, 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 and stuff like that. It was like, what's, I think there was a little confusion amongst fans. Like, wait, what? Like, this is what you sell us. This is why we're sure, here. Sure. I, I think one of the things that I think really needs to change, and I was actually on my podcast this morning, interviewed our guy, Mark Feinsand, who's absolutely fantastic. Uh, and we were talking about the narrative that Hal Steinbrenner is not his father. And that could not be further from the truth. He wants to win more than anybody else. He doesn't and want to get suspended has, from baseball, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 
guess until he gets suspended, then we'll be like, yo, he's just like his dad now. <laughs> but I think for myself to be able to be part of the organization and to see how tight the Steinbrenner family is, could not be more proud of them, could not work for a better organization and could not work for a better family owned organization than the Steinbrenner family, man. The Yankees mean so much to them and to be able to see it on the inside each and every day. Uh, I mean, you know, listen, my guy, Hal, man, I, I just can't wait to put another ring on his finger, man, because he deserves it. He's gone through a little bit of it, but to see him handle this Aaron Judge contract the way he did and to be able to jump up there with that ninth that ninth year and give him that 360, dude, that's worth every penny, every penny, jersey sales. Like you said, everything you said, I mean, the packages, the overall season tickets, like all that stuff. We win one World Series, all that stuff ends up paying for itself. Do you now? You said you. I mean, you work with Cashman. I mean, do you uh, do you throw some some subtleties in there? You're like, hey, you know, Cash, you you cover up what you guys need to do, and then you're like, you know, Rodon would look pretty good in pinstripes, huh, Cash? Like, do you, <laughs> are you ever leading into into him like that I, or what? I, I'm always trying to give him something, bro. <laughs> I'm always trying to give him something. I think that's one of the coolest things about this job is that you know people want to know your opinion. Uh, because I think that they, you know, everybody in the organization realizes how much this means to me, uh, as well as just the overall knowledge that I have of the game. I could not be more blessed. Obviously, I don't stick my nose in things that I don't belong sure. in. Uh, I, I know my role. I stay in my lane. Uh, but I think any time that I'm called upon, uh, I'm always there with an answer. Uh, and I'm always trying to give the best advice that I can moving forward. I try and do a lot of the inside uh, work. I try and work on the culture, the camaraderie, things like that, things that I know that I'm really, really good at. Uh, and then sometimes you got to leave those big decisions up to the big guys. Uh, you can obviously give your opinions, but at the end of the day, hey, you know, those numbers, it's hard to fight those numbers. Uh, and to be able to be in the position we are right now, obviously being able to win the AL East, multiple divisions. Somebody asked me the other day, would you rather be an organization like the New York Yankees that fights for the division every single year and has been in the playoffs, what, 27 out of the last 30 years? Or would you rather be the Boston Red Sox who have won maybe three or four World Series titles but have finished last five or six times in the division? So I think there's just a certain way you want to look at it. I think we're doing our best. We're knocking on that door to get that number 28, and I think it's coming sooner than later. Like that. I like number 28. Like <laughs> I do too, bro. I mean, Joe Girardi tried to wear the number, bro. Like every, That was pretty fun. best to try and make it happen. I just think we're in such an amazing position right now and bringing back our big man. That's definitely a huge jolt for the fan base as well as for the players. I mean, we saw Nestor, bro. He's super juiced up about it. Uh, you know, Harrison, him and Harrison were at the basketball game the other night. They're in New York handing out food to everybody. Seems like the Yankee brand is only getting better. And all we have to do is just cross that finish line one more time. Mm. I'm going to do some word association with your <laughs> player association. Are you I'm ready? ready? All right. I'm ready. Let's see. We got, uh, where is it? I'm opening a tab. Uh, Kevin Millwood. Bombs. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, man. My guy, Kevin Millwood, had unbelievable career. Um, but I, Not I against really, really you. enjoyed facing my guy from time to time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he, didn't, he didn't like facing you. I mean, I was, I was looking at which pitchers you crush, and... 16 for 44 with four homers. Not bad. Hey, but that was before the Creative Park in Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? So it's oh, like, okay. that was back before they moved that wall back 50 feet, dude. You know what I mean? Ridiculous. Made it bigger and moved it back. I'm still gets. Hey, but by the way, I mean, let's look at just 
what it did for the Baltimore Orioles. It was effective. Put them back on the map. Gabe Kapler. And now they have bolted and jolted themselves up to where they can start making moves a lot earlier than what they expected. Right. For pitchers. Gabe Kapler? Oh, jacked, bro. (laughs) All I'm thinking of, like, man thong, something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm. back when he was a bodybuilder. Not strikeout victim? Oh, no, I let him know at least once a month, bro. I hit him up, <laughs> sent him that video clip just to let him know. But I could not be more happy and more proud of Gabe, what he has done in his career to leave Philly uh, with kind of that bad taste in his mouth and to be able to go on the West Coast over there in San Francisco and really lock himself in, man. Could not be more proud of what he's doing over there. Obviously, you know, losing that on Judge, I feel a little bit sorry for him, but not too sorry. Um, yeah. You know, I was thinking they just, you know, they picked up Mitch Hanniger, who was unbelievable. Uh, Manaya just signed right now, which is yeah. huge. And obviously, Rodon's still in the, in the play for those guys as well. So I think he's done a tremendous job over there. Uh, yes, that strikeout. I'll never forget that. I have that baseball hanging up on my wall. Uh, so I definitely view that every now and then. Love it. About Matsui. Oh, Godzilla, bro. MVP. Thank you for my world series ring. Big man. You know, (laughs) that was, I mean, the fact that he didn't even play multiple games on the road and still won the MVP in 09 is absolutely unbelievable. I think he got one pinch hit in Philly and ended up hitting an oppo homer, which I thought was amazing. You know, he was a special advisor for a long time as well. And I learned a lot from him. We spent a lot of times together in the dugout, just talking about the game and listening about the game. Uh, And for him to be as uh, enormous as a figure as he is to be as humble as he is, uh, was really, really impressive to see, man. If it wasn't for him, ain't no way we get that World Series ring under our belts. I always, I used to say this about Tanaka and uh, Hideki. Like, Judge thinks he's a superstar. Go to Japan with Tanaka, and he'll show you what a superstar really <laughs> yes. is. It's just yes. a different It's a different beast of fame. It is, bro. I mean, you have Tanaka. You have Matsui. Obviously, Ichiro was a Yankee there yep. for a hot yeah. minute. Um, I mean, you know, listen, there's uh, 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 what Kodai just signed with the Mets, so I'm interested to see how he's going to play over here. Uh, but I think what's amazing is we're, this is such a global game. I think that's what individuals need to understand. This is not just a United States thing. This is not just a Dominican Republic thing. This is a global game. That's what makes it so competitive moving forward. So for all the kids that are out there that want to be Major League Baseball players, understand where the battle lies. It's not about being the best player on your team. It's not about being the best player in your city. It's not about being the best player in your state. It's about being the best player in the world. And that's what you should be shooting for. So just a little just a little advice for me moving forward. Love that's that. yeah. are, are you doing any WBC stuff? I mean, the, the speech you just gave, it feels like you should be in that USA locker room. <laughs> you know what? Listen, man, uh, you know, D-Row, uh, I think he's absolutely fantastic. I mean, what he's doing on MLB right now is so great to watch. Uh, I think he will be absolutely electric in that dugout. And once again, a glue guy, a locker room guy. So I think he's got himself in a great position right now. I'm not sure if he has aspirations to be a manager moving forward, but if there was somebody to pick to be the manager of Team USA for the WBC, I don't think there's anybody better than someone like uh, a DeRosa right now. We saw him at winter meetings, and he was doing his press conferences, and he was saying, man, I'm used to being on TV. I got to learn coach speak and how to not say so much. He's like, I'm giving him too many details. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny to see. Uh, well, I think he's going to have a tremendous coaching staff along with him as well. So, you know, that's the one thing that you got to understand as a manager. You can't put all the pressure on yourself. You know, I've been able to – Lou Pinella lives in my neighborhood here, and I talk to him a lot. Uh, and he always says, let your coaches coach. And so that's kind of the hardest thing is if you want to be a manager, a lot of managers are very controlling. 
uh, and they want to have their hands on everything. Uh, but the one thing that, you know, obviously I haven't been a manager yet, maybe one of these days I will. Uh, but at the end of the day, I will do the best to have the best individuals I can around me so they can be the best at what they do. And I can be the best at what I am. Perfect. I, I only got one more thing. You got a uh, new year's Eve plans. <laughs> yep. Yep. New year's Eve. Yep. Obviously, bro. Even though new year's Eve is amateur hour, bro, for sure. I feel like a lot more bad happens than good yep. on new year's Eve. Uh, we're here in Tampa, Florida. We were in Los Angeles for the longest time. And obviously over the last couple of years, a lot of people have been moving around the country, whether you left California or you're moving to California, a lot of our friends moved to Austin, Texas. Uh, and so we will be spending New Year's in Austin with some of our best friends, bro. I haven't seen them in months right now. I can't wait to see them, squeeze them, high five them, bro. Uh, a little bit of everything. So we will be in Austin, Texas for New Year's, man. Go Buckeyes. Oh, bro, I, I didn't even know you wanted to talk college football, baby. But if you want to, I'm your guy. I mean, listen, after that ass kicking we took from Michigan and the fact that we barely got ourselves into the college football playoffs, nobody wants to play Georgia. And I think this is the moment right here. My guy, CJ Stroud, hasn't been the best season he's had so far, but I think this could be one of those magical. You remember when 12 Gage took over? Yeah. Right? You remember when he took over, when, when what's his name went down? Next thing you know, he, he, he beats Wisconsin. Then all of a sudden, we beat Alabama in New Orleans, and then we beat Mariota in the finals, which I thought was absolutely amazing. So it definitely can, but then we had Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield, bro, doing his thing. So that was a lot of fun to watch, but. It has been tough the last couple of years to watch Michigan absolutely wax us. But listen, I mean, we've been doing our thing and, you know, at least we're finding ourselves in the playoffs. Uh, I just think at the end of the day, man, our defense, we need to shore up our defense a little bit more. Can't be having those huge plays happen like that, especially against an explosive offense like Georgia. Win the natty and then it, hold that over Michigan fans. Uh, yeah, no it, doubt. I mean, listen, come on, Coach Harbaugh. Let's go, baby. What you got, man? <laughs> oh, you know? man. You two in a I tell room. You what, My God. I tell you I'd, ra I'd rather be playing TCU, <laughs> I can yeah. tell you that, than in Georgia, yeah. no doubt, no doubt about it. I got one more baseball question just because I, I, I kind of bring it up a lot talking about switch hitters. You're one of the only players I remember, and if I'm wrong, then my memory's wrong, who was going through like a slump on one side and just said, fuck that, I'm just a righty until I feel better on the other side. In the middle of the season and, and just abandoned it and went – one side we've seen Cedric Mullins who just said, ah, screw it. I'll just be a lefty now. And, um, players do that. But I think it was, am I wrong? Did you do that as a Yankee for like, just like a stretch? Yeah, I did. Uh, and that was more of, there was an injury that occurred. Okay. So I wasn't capable of swinging left-handed. So I didn't want anyone else to know that I had that injury. Uh, okay. so anything that happens along the core, uh, it's one of the worst pains that you could ever go through. That makes sense. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, listen, you know, back in the day, uh, you played through pain uh, and you never wanted to come out of the lineup. Now there's a little workload management, yeah. things like that. They have a little better understanding of how you can succeed and how many games you need to play to succeed at your optimal level. Um, so, yes, I definitely did that. I think I got a few at bats right handed, righty on righty. And it is scary as shit, boys, <laughs> because when you're used to being on the other side of the plate and you've got major league talent coming right at you. It's a very, very intimidating oh, thing. We because... stood on on we stood in on Cole's pitches thrown by a robot. Oh, the traject thing. Uh, it's of like so scary. It, it's like you don't even see it; you just hear it coming in. We, you know what I mean? Yeah, we stood on in on his fastball. So this machine, have you seen it? It just like yes, completely yep. mimics him. Yeah, we we stood in on uh, Cole's curveball. I posted a video of it. It's it's crazy. And then uh, 
all of uh, Shohei's pitches, like his splitter. So right. that was fun. I want to put on catching gear and go catch it. I told him. Oh, I said, well, if, if, "That's just as hard as trying to hit it." Yeah, <laughs> I think. but I want to. I, at least, at least I could be successful eventually. Like, I would catch a fastball eventually. I'm not going to hit. Oh yeah. One. Oh, bro, you could take yeah. one off the chest for yeah. sure, bro. Yeah, I, I believe in you. Keep it in for front. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, man. Thanks for joining us. This was a blast. Hey, man. That's, uh, I love you guys, man. You, you guys energy. are doing amazing things for not only. Um, Yankee fans in general, uh, but for the brand as well as the game of baseball, man. Continue to keep doing what you guys are doing. Anytime you need my help on anything, boys, I'm here for you guys. Uh, thank you so much for having me on, man. Nice yeah, wrapping with y'all. Appreciate it. And we'll be in touch about Team Baggage because we're, we're looking yeah. for a third. Hey, so I'll let you hey, know. It sounds like a plan because, you know, I do have a 0.00 ERA. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a two-way guy now. You know? All right. Yeah. Perfect. We need it. Yeah, switch hitter. <laughs> we need everything. Yeah. All right, man. Have a great one. Thank All right, you. man. Peace out, fellas. Take it easy, y'all. See ya. Thanks, Swish. Thanks, Swish.